Hello and welcome to the Friendship Therapy Podcast. I'm Caleb and I'm here with Trevor. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting in a room as per usual, contemplating our current realities. Now, today, what we wanted to talk about was our perception of time and how growing up there were things that we were either told directly or just like osmosis from the societies we grew up in that these certain set of things are wastes of time and these other set of things are not wastes of time. And then how do you navigate that? And then how is that affecting our current adult lives? Mm -hmm. So I have this war in my head sometimes about like, I feel like there's expectations on me, whether self-placed or like imposed upon by society that no one's like specifically saying it, but I just feel like that's the expected normal of what a human adult should be doing. So therefore I should be doing it. Mm -hmm. And I have these ideas like, I need to be working. If I want to be really successful and like have lots of money, then I have to be working like 80 hours a, a week. Right? 80 hours. Yeah. Which, which like I've done that before, mm-hmm. you know, 60, 80 hour weeks. I'm not currently doing that right now uh, because that doing that kind of burned me out. Right. Mm-hmm. So then on the other side of things, it's like, well, what is, you know, what is time? What do you actually have to do? Like, what do people actually do with their time? And I feel like there's a lot of, I don't know, a lot of like complications around this. A lot of people think about this, I think, or don't. Mm-hmm. I, I think just a thought that came to my head just now. Yeah. Is like maybe it has something to do with the mindsets people take on how to do life. So like, for example, like if, if you're of a more conservative nature um, or, or like you like to tr- uh, cling to the traditional values of society or whatever. Sure. Then you do life based off how it's always been done. And therefore, I think at least in the circles we grew up in, that was like an overarching mindset where it's like you you do life in a way that matches what those did before you. Why change when what we did worked? Hmm. Um, as opposed to kind of the more the mindset you and I have kind of now a little bit more where it's like pave your own destiny. Like (laughs) it doesn't really matter what other, like other people have done before you. I mean like, yes, draw upon it, but don't, don't say this is, this is how it should be done. Yeah. I think that you specifically grew up with a a far more stricter set of like tradition. And this is like, we do things because it's always been done this way kind of mentality. And I, and I think what happened to me is I looked up to figures in society that I thought were really successful in a chosen pursuit. And then I, without knowing these people, I'm like, oh, well, I guess I have to do this in order to achieve the same oh, something, something of not the same thing, but like to achieve something of like a fraction of that magnitude. And I think that's where it comes from for me, because like my family doesn't, besides, like outside of like holiday type things, like they don't. They didn't really say like, this is the way that you have to live. Like my parents didn't even say I had to go to college, for example. I, I'm not so much referring to family. Like, yeah, some pressure did come from family, but I'm talking more about like society in general. Like your peer group and stuff? Yeah. Or like, like America. Sure. Because like, like, I, I feel like the, the, especially when it comes to like working or doing anything of that nature, yeah. it's very rooted in some type of. Okay, sure. Yeah. Consistent culture type deal. I definitely think that like America's work culture is pretty toxic, right? Like no one 
Like no one, we're having this conversation because no one's out there, you know, talking about what they actually do with their time, really. Everyone wants this perception that I'm the most busy, most productive person in the world. That's every single person in, in the workforce is trying to prove that. Not really, but like it's hyperbole, but like that's what it feels like, right? Yeah. Like everyone's just like, yes, I am going to do all of the work stuff. Look at how busy I am. Busy, busy, busy. Mm-hmm. For what For what goal, you know? So like when not doing things that are making you seem busy to the invisible society, it's like, what do you spend your time on then? You know, or like, how do you stop your brain from thinking that things are a waste of time? Mm-hmm. It's a tough question. Yeah. Cause like, I remember when we first started playing video games at like what the end of college, mm-hmm. I started introducing you to some games and, <laughs> then, and then you were, I think you were still battling with this idea of like them being a waste well, of time. Yeah. I mean, like I grew up and my parents put uh, a time cap on how much we could play Yeah, because it was bad for you or there were better activities to be doing sure and so like we would go through phases of okay my parents would be like you can spend an hour on the computer for every two hours you read a book or something interesting or you can spend half an hour on the computer for every hour you play outside or something it's really interesting right which i don't know if i want to say i get what they were doing but like they were trying to do something they thought was beneficial yeah but a side effect it is is like now i have a huge time playing video games like i have a hard time doing it sometimes the way i grew up with it was like any other activity was better like that was the message that was perceived sure anything you you can choose anything else but video games that you're like where you're doing something with your time and not just sitting and it's going to be better yeah that is the message isn't it that was conveyed with that and and pretty much in my house too yeah, but like, like so, you, so you're saying like at the end of college, right? Yeah. You introduced me to video games. That's right. And like I, I started getting in, but it seems so contrary at the time. Like I was like having a really weird inner battle because I'm just about to graduate college. Yeah. I'm at like the busiest point in my college life. I'm just about to go to graduate school. And and like my life is like, you know, like I had just gotten married and all these things. Sure. And so like video games at the time, because of what was taught to me, seemed like a very low priority. Right. And I did it anyway, contrary to what everyone always told me, because it was fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a dopamine rush. <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to say now, looking back on it, th- there were points where I think this is what I would tell myself. I wish I would tell myself, I've told myself, be okay with spending time on it. Sure. Don't do the activity and then second guess yourself while doing it. Yeah. Either full commit and say, this is what I'm going to do with my time. Or don't. Or don't. Mm. Yeah, I think that's kind of the antidote to yeah. that. It's like, just be like, this is what I'm going to do or I'm not going to do it and therefore I'll do something else. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose like there is a certain amount of, you do have to be able to get yourself to put time into certain things in order to get certain results out mm-hmm. of life. Like there is, there are some things that you, that you you know, you have to do. You can't just like do nothing. This is the way I wish it worked, right? Sure. You're trying to achieve X objective. Yeah. That can range from, I'm going to play this video game. I'm going to get this good at video game. I'm going to complete this project at work. And like you define what the end result is. So this is how good this project is going to be. This is how good I am going to be at the video game. And regardless of how much time it takes for you to get to that point, that's the point you got to. And and I think 
it makes more sense in my brain to be like, I'm going to try and reach X objectives in a week rather than I'm going to try spending X amount of time on these objectives this week. Because then you then you start like constraining yourself with time. Yeah. And like trying to fit into, because then like, what do you do? You're like, okay, I need to spend this much time, but I'm going to spend eight hours working because, you know, that's the traditional work day. And then after that, I'm done and da, 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 da. Whereas like maybe some weeks it takes you 20 hours to do all of the work you set out to do. Yeah. Just be fucking done. Or if you want to do more, but don't be constrained by the time. Yeah. That seems like a interesting approach. It's like, just do, do the things, accomplish the things that you want to accomplish and don't worry about the time that it takes to do it. Just do the next correct step towards the goal. Yeah. Maybe everyone would become more productive in doing life somewhere like that. Well, I don't think it's natural to like confine our bodies to eight hour time periods of work. No, what you, what, what you start doing is like you let the time rule your actions. Yeah. And then you have, and then it just passes. So yeah. like you're doing, if time is ruling your life, then. This happened to me at the job. Previous to the one you're at. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So like the work was relatively easy for me to do and pretty straightforward. Yeah. And the first six months on the job, I put a lot of time into learning like everything about it. Mm-hmm. And then at the six month mark, I'm like, okay, I'm really comfortable with being able to push the projects to the level of completion they need to be at. Yeah. And, and my boss at the time was like really happy with the work I was doing per his reviews. So I was like, okay, I'm doing something right. right? Sure. But then I'm like, I can, and this was a typical like eight hour a day, five days a week kind of job. I would just sit there and eventually I was like, this is going to take me four hours to do. This is going to take me this hours to do. This is going to take me this many hours to do. And I'm like, this is not enough. This is not like a 40 hour a week job. But then what would end up happening is if I didn't have enough work that week, then they would give me some really menial tasks to do. Yeah. So like I remember having to scan through a bunch of paper, like old articles from we're talking like the 70s and 80s into a machine and then upload it onto the um, shared like cloud essentially. And I'm like, oh, this is like 100% on fun. Like, yeah, I I went to seven years of school and I'm a glorified, you know, paper processor. Yeah. I was like, no, this isn't what I want to do with my time. And so then what I started learning was like, I'm going to let my time rule my actions rather than let me be like, this is how much I want to get done. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, I started overestimating how long everything would take me. And then I would just take that long to do everything because it didn't need to be done faster. Yeah. That's what it, that's what it trains people to do. Yeah. And it's weird because like, you know, supposedly you're supposed to like take initiative and, you know, be as productive as you can. And I honestly think that's just a lie from yeah. people in charge of all of these corporations and everything to get more out of you than they need, than they need to. Then they will put in and then yeah. they pay you for it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> yep. That, that's a lie. <laughs> it is, man. You got to find what the minimum amount is. What are the minimum things you have to do for your job that to still get the current pay? And then if you want to do more things, then if they want you to do more things, then like they have to pay you more money because uh, clearly doing this amount of things was enough to get the current paycheck. So if you want more out of me, then I must be compensated more rather than just extracting more value from you. It's like you need to be compensated for that value. Yeah. Like already the value created versus like amount of money they give you is skewed. So everything's like that in society. 
But like going back to like the original topic, like th- this was like so contrary to everything I was taught growing up. Sure. I, I you were supposed to put in max effort to everything you did. Yeah, which is weird. Why do people say that? Why do people, why do people say that? Hello? Why do you, why is that taught? Why is it people like you need to put max effort? To me, it was coupled with a Christianity concept of integrity. Work your hardest no matter who's looking. That was a message that was really taught. Yeah, but that's like, is that even a Christian principle? That, I don't know. It was taught at my church. I know. So I'm saying, so. <laughs> but like, I don't know if it is. It sounds very American to me. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like an American principle. What? Like what? Why would, why don't we say things like work hardest at the things that matter to you and let everything else just get by? Like, why do we say, because you can't work hundred percent at everything. It's not possible. It, it, that's, that's literally not possible. You, you can't function that way. Some things have to get more attention than others. That's how human machines work. Yeah. That's how our brains process shit. We can't do everything. So like you're you're setting these people up for failure by saying work 100% on everything. Yeah. Instead, what we should teach people is how to an, uh, analyze what's actually worthwhile. Like, I don't even really know how to do that, but that would be great. Yeah. To, if someone could teach me that, sure. Yeah. <laughs> how to analyze what is worthwhile and what isn't for the well, life that you're living. Not only that, but then like, analyzing oneself's own executive function seriously like knowing what's worthwhile and then knowing how to get it uh-huh. i don't think that's a skill hardly anyone has i, I feel like I, yeah. I i'm still working on it no 100 percent. i don't think so <laughs> that seems like a really valuable skill that most people don't have it's hard well because it includes things like knowing what you want yeah which is also really difficult it's kind of fun being able to put your energy into something that you really want to. Yeah, that is fun. After leaving my previous job and now working for a startup, like there's, there's, they're so different. Like the, sure. the last job was like, I wasn't necessarily excited to go to work. Yeah. Though I did find some enjoyment in it, but now I'm excited to go to work and I find enjoyment in it. And I don't feel constrained by time because that's not how this particular startup has like set up the work. It's like, do what you need to do to get it done when you need to get it done. Like, and then, then it's just like, because of that, it's like, well, I'm really excited for the work. I'm really excited for the end result. And so then I want to put in time into it to get what I need to get done. Yeah. And then you just don't have to think about it. It's so much nicer. Yeah. That's a good, good way to be. I, ha- I had my work structured like that for a while. Was it before or after the 80 hour? It was like during. During. And during all that. Yeah. I think it's a good way to structure stuff. Yeah. Like if I'm structuring things for other people, that's how I would want to do it, you know, so that they have, I think like when it comes to my work, it's different because like I own the company and stuff like that. And that's just like a lot. And I think I just need to hire more people. Mm. I just need to hire a bunch of people that would help my situation out a lot. Um, But you know, that's, that's a different conversation. That's complicated Yeah, to be able to do, you know, lots of, lots of stuff there. But I like the concept of, you know, what you described on how to set up time and, and projects and stuff. I, we initially started setting up projects not like that when we were kind of like just trying whatever works to get projects completed. And we ultimately ended on, you can't really, you can't like force a deadline mm. on a project like, or really anything, but like if you're building software, cause that's what I'm, that's what I know, right? You can't say like, we need all these features by this date because no matter how much planning you do in advance, how, no matter how good your architecture is, there are going to be things that happen that are just, you know, unforeseen and it's going to slow things down. So, you, so like promising like a launch date, like is so bad. 
it's it's like it defeats the so much stuff causes so many problems so then so then you make your development process worse by having put like a promised launch date on it from the beginning it's, it's it ends up being worse and i don't know how to to how to get over that like how do you fix it totally because you know things do need to get launched at some point yeah and like if you're trying to coordinate something with like the public then you, you have to let the public know at some point when it's going to be available but for most projects if you're able to i think it's best to not actually put a deadline on the project just set up what the objectives are that you want it to be done so like you still need focus so it's like we're working on this set of things for this period of time until these things are done and then we're gonna work on a different set of things but while we're working on this set we're not going to worry about this set so it's like prioritizing the problem set over a period of time rather than setting like specific deadlines or task switching too much and that's like what we came down to and that's kind of how we do things now which pretty effective that's nice yeah but i didn't know that when i started why is it so much the fact that i feel like people are so quick to say this is how something should be done or if they don't know how something should be done they find a good reason quickly um i feel like it's some kind of like confirmation bias or like aversion to the ambiguity Mm. that like is built into our brain by nature because i'm like i'm having like a, a moment over here where i'm just like now realizing i'm like when it comes to making decisions I've always felt the need to have to make a decision. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Which is really interesting because then it's like, if, 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 you, if you feel rushed in the decision-making process, what you're going to end up doing is pulling from all the information that you know and leave very little time for any type of innovation. Whereas like, what happens if you like approach something and then you're like, I don't have to decide this right now. Let me think about it and actually think about it. Um, well, I think that by nature, things don't operate that way. And it feels like, there's always demands from like stakeholders, society, whatever that's yeah. preventing you from doing that. So even that would, if that would be the better way to do something, oftentimes the reality of the situation doesn't allow for it. But if the, a situation does allow for it, then maybe that's how it should be done. I, I think I'm thinking in the context of like raising a kid. Like how so? Like teaching them that concept rather than just being like, this is how it is. Well, well like when it comes to making decisions? Yeah. Like... What do you mean? Instead of like, like instead of like telling a kid how something is, or like trying to tell the kid how to manage their time, in this case, yeah, you can tell them, or like you 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 start the process of being like, well, how do you think you should manage your time? Like, because a kid doesn't have enough examples to draw on everyone surrounding them, generally speaking. Yeah, and so they're like, it it would be interesting to see what they come up with, and then like you start asking them questions about that, and then you're like, we'll try living like that. Yeah. And then you talk to him in a week or two and be like, well, how does that feel? And then, you, you know, I'm like, and, and go through that process of watching them trying to figure out how to manage their own time. Yeah. Instead of like trying to set it up and create structure and rules and all these kinds of things. Yeah. It's a good idea. Because like the, then at the very tail end of the process, I feel like you can have a more emotionally effective conversation with being like, like or, or like explaining some of the things that you know, rather than just telling them right away. Because I mean, I feel like maybe they would just take it to heart right away. Like, that's what I did with my parents. Like, if they told me something the way it was, or if they're like, no, you need to do this over this, then it was like, there was no thought. There was no room for me to think differently or question, or that, that's how it was. That's where the thinking process ends. Yeah, I think that might help with, like, self-regulation on things, right? Because, like, ostensibly, our parents were afraid that if they let us play video games, for example, 
because it's just an easy one to pick on, then that's the only thing we'll ever spend our time on and it will never amount to anything in life. And it's ever, it's going to be an addiction and it's a waste of time and it's bad for our brain, right? That's mm-hmm. the fear. So, so they try to set up these structures and these rules and they make us fill out spreadsheets and track things and say, this is how you manage this and that and the other thing. And what they're doing is they're externalizing the regulation of our own time. Therefore, we're not learning how to self-regulate, say, oh, I'm done. So instead, we're put in a state of scarcity where where any chance we get, all we want to do is do that thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh Instead of it being in abundance and it's our choice, up to ourself on our own mind to say, I've had enough and I need to do other things for today. That that isn't being taught. So you're you're basically teaching someone how to binge. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Yeah. And then people grow up and then they have to live life. And then they take these problems into their into their workforce and into their life and their fam- new families, their relationships, and then they don't know how to cope. And then you end up like binge drinking or binge playing video games, which is like what I do, right? Every once in a while, like my time will swing, right? Because, yeah. and maybe it is because of this pattern that was taught to me, right? I don't know. Or maybe you just try to find some people like your parents to tell you what to do. What do you mean? Like, if your parents externally managed your time, maybe that's why so many people feel comfortable working a nine-to-five job, because someone is externally managing your time. Yeah, that's problematic as heck. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe, maybe that's what everyone's used to. Yeah, sure. I, I think for for me, like, sometime during high school, I really, really started hating this concept that my parents were trying to do with my time, and I really started pushing it. Like, that's why, that's one of the biggest things I think that my parents... Um, I don't know, didn't like about me or like they would call me like a rebel or like the problem child and stuff like that, even though like I was the, like the best of all the kids that we had at, at, at f- as far as like actually achieving things in high school because mm. my other two siblings didn't do anything. I'm not saying like best as in like the best person. That's not what I'm talking yeah. about here. I'm talking about from the standpoint of like achieving actually achieve, achieving things and like interacting and contributing to the, the local community, stuff like that. I did a shitload of stuff, but like, it's because I was started just pushing like back against this idea of like like we I think the last time I paid attention to like the computer time thing I was probably like twelve or something I was like I'm done with this mm-hmm. like not not gonna do this anymore <laughs> and then and then I did like figure out how to like regulate my own time sure you know what I mean yeah but like my brothers didn't do that right because they didn't have the willpower to like push against the the authority figures my parents yeah. to try to come up with it and decide that like this was ridiculous why are you having us do this you know. Like a lot of people don't do that. They don't come up with ways to self-regulate and, no. and push against the authority figures around them that have like that's a good point impeded into their minds. I didn't choose to do it, but it naturally happened to me when I started college early at fifteen. Sure, because like I was finally like it wasn't practical anymore. It wasn't practical for like I had I was taking you know twenty one credits yeah. a semester. I was working at a a local store for like twenty hours a week. Yep. And like when you're 15, 16, and 17 and doing that, like by the nature of my situation, like my parents had to stop managing my time. Yeah. But I don't think none of my siblings did as much as me around that time period. So that may be why. I mean, I started working at 14 too. So the same thing. It's like I had to get a driver's license and I had to be gone all the time and I had to do this shit. So it's like now it is up to me, right? I I was on a schedule. Like I've been working for like 12 years. Yeah. And... I don't know. I had to figure it out. So that after that, yeah, that's a big, big part of it too, I think. But again, my brothers didn't do that. Neither of them mm-hmm. had jobs at 14. Not that I think that jobs at 14 is actually a good thing either. Like that's kind of insane. Like what? 
why yeah (laughs) i didn't need to but like that's just the way that my family and society and stuff was set up is that my culture was you know you have to go to work i have to go to work and start making money gotta start making money and participate and be a little worker bee gosh you know and and like that'll be my that'll be my way out but to me that it was right like to me that was a way off of the mountain and that was a way for me to like buy stuff for myself and start creating my own person. And then the, the thing that was weird, and this is a bit of a tangent is like, and then when I started creating my own person, then the, my parents, we were like, what? You know, that's what it felt like. Okay. Like they started pushing against the fact that I was creating my own person, but it's like, you sent me out here to do this. Like, what yeah. did you expect? <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird. You know? So I just wanted more and more independence basically. Uh, and I think, I'll think a lot of the stuff comes down to like no one knowing how to talk to each other in my family which i think is the case in a lot of families Mm. oh yeah right like a lot of the stuff that i think or how i perceive things probably isn't accurate at all compared to what they were thinking at the time and that's largely due to not you know like parental to child communication being really bad Mm -hmm. or and inter-family communication being really bad so my thought is like if i was ever ever to have kids like how the fuck do you get around that like i don't think it's entirely possible because at a certain point i i a kid is just going to misunderstand a lot of things you say because they don't have enough life experience in order to not misunderstand you. But how do you like minimize or mitigate the areas in which that can happen? Right? Like it's impossible. I think to raise a child that doesn't, that you don't like, you're going to ruin them somehow. Yeah, no, you're going to mess them up in the head somehow. I think you do, but I think maybe you just say along the way and like, you just explain to them what's going on. Like maybe if you're just like really blatant with your child from day as one. As possible, just like explain things. Yeah, because yeah, then at least they know. And at least they know you're always willing to talk about it. Sure, that might be big. That might be the big one. Yeah. Because like, yeah, that, that, that wasn't an option for me. Talking about stuff? Talking about issues or problems. Sure. Or like, well, it didn't feel like an option. Like, I remember, like, I fought, I don't know, I was, like, 13 or 14, but, like, I was fighting with my dad for, like, a year. Like, everything was just, like, a problem. And then, like, finally, after a year, he took me, I remember this, he, like, took me to a gas station, to, like, a diner in a gas station. And he sat there, and he was, like, what's the problem? And I was, like, I told him, like, I don't know. Because at the time, I didn't know how to process all the emotions I was having because I had no one to help me. And then when I said, I don't know, he's, like, okay, sounds good. And I'm like, he may tried to make the experience really positive, in which it was, because my dad was spending time with me, which is what I realized what I wanted in the first place. <laughs> but then, like, it didn't solve the problems. Like, no one, know, no one was able to, like, none of my parents were able to, like, coax information out of me or, like, help me walk through things. It was just like, don't behave like this. Yeah. Behave like this. That's tough. So, like, maybe helping um, a child process emotions from the get-go is the start here. Yeah starting with like when they're first born and they scream you that that's emotion right like yeah you don't remember your first at least the first year of life because it's so traumatic that it would like ruin your brain some people they don't remember more than that because it was also traumatic yeah. <laughs> in your case yeah. <laughs> you don't remember the early years but yeah that's your brain shutting that off because it was it's too traumatic so if parents are helping children process emotions in a positive way from the beginning i wonder if that child who grows up to be an adult would actually have a greater memory of uh the early years yeah also i wonder if they would fit into society better because well i don't know is being more empathetic a way to fit into society? no, no I'm, I'm not saying <laughs> i'm not saying being empathetic i'm saying from the fact of not living in a rigid system 
I'm not I'm not sure what you're getting at entirely as far as like how that would make someone I feel like the society wants you to live in a rigid system. That's why everyone teaches their kids that way. Uh, I know, they but, were put but, into but being self-aware of that and realizing that you don't have to like put yourself in that mold. I don't know if it would help you fit into society better, but it might help okay. you get along better. Yes, that's, like that's, mentally. I, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, it might help you cope better. Maybe like basically, which, which is really, this is kind of irony, but it's basically like, I feel like we're trying to get future kids to a place where we are, where we realize things about society. Yeah, I think so. Which is ironic in the sense that are we just falling prey to what everyone else is doing and just doing something like duplicating what they know well i think that's always what you end up doing okay you can only ever do only ever duplicate what you know because you only know what you know you can't know what you don't know other than you can know that you don't know yeah but still that doesn't make actionable choices right you still have to make choices so if you never had to make choices of any kind then sure you could continually exist in a state of like well i don't know so and that's true. You don't, but you have to do something based off what you do know. So therefore. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, that's that's a huge reason why I am not interested in having a kid, uh, at least now. Because, like, I need to think more, right? Like, there's too many things. But I just jump into that. Yeah. Luckily, I don't really feel any, like, familial or societal pressure. I mean, there might, it might exist, but like I either just, I'm not aware of it or I just ignore it enough that I don't feel it. Yeah. So I feel like it's completely fine that I take my time to make the choice whether or not I'm going to do it or not. Yeah. Cause it's all about how, you know, you, how and where you put your time full circle. Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot, but I know that's not what I want to put my time on right now. Cause it would be a good chunk of time. Yeah. You know, to kind of summarize it, I'm just going to say like, I feel like if you were to, you know, think to yourself, I'm not really enjoying where I'm putting my time or I'm not entirely sure how to spend my time because I was raised with XYZ things and I'm an adult trying to figure it out. We need to like look, you know, look that up on on YouTube where you're going to look it up some books or something. I feel like all of the books and stuff that I'm aware of fall straight into like habit forming and then like task managing your time for productivity. And that's it. They don't, there's like very little out there talking about the like the intrinsic value of your individual experience of life as being the thing to figure out first before getting into like habit tracking and task management and all that kind of a thing and like grinding. And I think that I've fallen prey to that like a bunch of times in life, like again and again, whenever I like decide I'm going to go in a new direction with something. And then the first thing I look towards is like habit forming and, you know, progress tracking and things like that as a because it, it, those are all good tools to accomplish things but are they really solving the problem of me finding like i don't know meaning and enjoyment out of my individual experience with reality i don't think so and i think that if the if there was more you know if that was more of a thing people were aware, were aware of as a means to then getting to the i think like i think habit tracking is fine all things are good they're good tools but i feel like that should be secondary after you've established baseline acceptance of like your view on on reality and how like this is your time what are you going to do with it kind of a thing i think alan watts might be the only one that i can think of off the top of my head that has a lot on time and understanding your you are as a human are flowing yeah. through it kind of a perception how do you want to live a life yep like that's what that's what matters here it's like what do you actually want to do with it yeah otherwise it's just like kicking the ball down the road if you do the other things first without yeah. without that and i think maybe 
that first one changes over like over time as well. I don't think it's like you can just decide at one time when you're 18, this is what I want to do with my life. And then that's it. I don't think that happens either. And I think that's problematic because I think that we're often told or at least set up or it feels like you're supposed to know. You're yeah. supposed to be able to figure out, oh, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And then and you can't change it. It's kind of like the thing we, we were talking about a couple of times ago where it's like, you have to be really hardly com- like, why does everyone feel like their entire life you have to make all these long-term commitments? Yeah. I don't know. Like you have to be committed to doing this thing for your life. Yeah. Whereas like, I wish people like would understand, like just do the short term. Yeah. Like, this minimum, is what I want to do right now. Minimum viable commitment. Yeah. But like you need to make it long enough to make sure like you, like if you want to try something out or you're like, I think I like doing this with my time. Like, what do I think about doing that with my time? Let's, let's you know, let's try it out here and like, and following through with it. Like, I think there's a problem when, when you don't make any type of, if it's like consistently changing, maybe it's not a problem. But like, it'd feel weird, like, if every other week, like, you're, oh, this is what I want to do with my time is changing. Yeah, well, you wouldn't get very far. It wouldn't be much progress. Yeah. So it would be, like, it would seem problematic if it were to change that often, I think. But, like, there's got to be a happy medium between long-term commitments and it changing every other day to where you do make a good sense of progress but realize you're a dynamic person. Yeah. Well, I think that's what we can call the minimum viable commitment. Yeah. <laughs> it's the the minimum amount of time such that you can establish the viability of the commitment that you want to make. Start with that. And then after reaching that, reevaluate. And for depending on what the thing is, it'll take more or less time to yeah. come to that, to reach that minimum viable amount. Yep. Hmm. Well, that was a chat. That was a chat. A chat about time. I feel like we've had several of those. Time's weird. Time's weird. Do you ever think it's weird that we, I feel like we chat about our past a lot more than other peers our age that I know. Yeah. Well, I don't really chat to with other peers our age this much. That's true. <laughs> but it's so like, frame well, of reference is a bit off. Well, frame, no, no, no. Frame of reference, sure. But then also like, why is it not something that's brought up in conversation often? I don't know. I, I was just thinking about that. Again, it could just be frame of reference. Hmm. I'll think about that. Yeah. All right. Well. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.